Welcome to Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz, and I've created this show to demystify holistic wellness one conversation at a time. You'll get to know the person behind the practice, what inspired them to express their gifts and talents the way they do, and then we'll dive into their practice for a deeper understanding. There are so many ways that we can heal ourselves and our planet. Why not play in possibility? See what resonates for you. You'll find over three years of archived shows at journeyofpossibilities.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, and you'll never miss a show. If you do subscribe, I'd like to ask you to rate us so that others will find our show as well. Thank you so much for that. We'll introduce today's guest right after these messages from our sponsors. As I've met and worked with all these holistic practitioners, my life has literally transformed. So much so that I studied to learn how to be a holistic practitioner and transformational life coach so that I can pass along some of this transformation to you because life is short. We deserve to live it. Life is a journey of possibilities. Are you ready? What do you say? One session? Why not? Reach out to me at CherylSitz.com and let's play in possibility. Our new digital magazine is packed with inspirational stories and valuable tips to live a more holistic, spiritual life. Check out the premiere issue at journeyofpossibilities.com. If you like what you see, subscribe for free and get a new issue every three months delivered straight to your inbox. That's right, it's free at journeyofpossibilities.com. Practitioners, contact us for affordable advertising too. That's journeyofpossibilities.com. Hi, this is Mario with Tech Life Balance, and I've been in the IT field for about 20 years. I have a big range of experience. I've worked with PCs, I've worked with servers, I've done online marketing strategies, I do websites, I even build online communities and help produce the podcast that you're listening to right now. I've actually been involved in IT so much that I got lost in all the technology and technology was taking over me. And I'm not saying to unplug or anything like that. What I'm saying is find a balance. I know I did. It took a traumatic event for me to learn that capability and it it was a challenge. And there are obstacles and there's things you run into that sometimes you don't realize you're even doing. So I designed a program to help you do that by looking at all your technologies and just helping you embrace it in a way that it's smoothed into your life. And I like to say that we log in, log out, and break free so we can have life. Contact us at techlifebalance.net and let us know what we can help you with. Enjoy the podcast. Today's guest is Jonathan Bryce Lyman, who is creating heaven on earth with soul art. Now, you may have seen Jonathan's work and a little bit about him in the summer issue of our new digital magazine, which if you haven't seen that yet, that's at journeyofpossibilities.com. We featured him under Experience This, where I talked about my experience of having my soul art created by Jonathan. It was a beautiful experience. We were introduced by a former guest of this show, the Pali Lama, who is a mutual friend of ours. And I just had a fabulous experience. So on top of featuring him in the magazine, I wanted to do a little more in-depth conversation with him. So he's joining us today. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. And I, I loved covering a little bit of your art in the magazine. And, you know, one of the questions that I thought I'd kick off with is... I've known several people who struggle to find and release their inner artist, if you will. They felt inhibited in so many ways. Have you always had this free flowing of art or how did this come to you? Yeah, it's it was really in the rawest form. It was just light, like my experience of light and beauty. 
So the natural, I actually grew up in a forest and just felt the presence of nature. You could say is the rawest form of art that I feel like I'm channeling. And then as I grew up, I had to reorient myself back to that rawness and that light, that light spectrum trying to shine through me by reintegrating all of that through my adult self and dismantling all of the disbeliefs that were trained into me by society and my parents. Does that make sense? Oh, I love the way you put that. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. And what did you find were some of the biggest breakthroughs, the biggest obstacles that had kind of been programmed into you that you broke through to be able to get back to that authentic self? Well, it's still an obstacle because I'm actually, as an intuitive, I'm actually absorbing the collective disbelief and the collective, their their point of view about the value of art, the value of how artists present themselves, which in itself is very non-traditional. Like to be an artist, you have to be, in my opinion, no, I mean, it's not really an opinion. You are non-conformist. And that in itself causes, perpetuates this belief of the starving artist. So I like to constantly be diving into my shadow and confronting that, that disbelief and that belief about an artist's worth and because it is a it is a direct contrary to what society believes and the way that we present ourselves, which I don't really know if anyone can agree upon, but it's just just being different. Just my my pursuit to be different and unique, I have to constantly confront the shadow that says, No, that's not acceptable. No, that that threatens the status quo. Exactly. To me, what I see when I hear you say that is kind of, I present this whole pathway as journey of possibilities. And it is the artists that hold some of the expansiveness of those possibilities in a visual or an audio way for us. It unlocks that for those of us that are also trying to come into a broader expression of ourselves. And so in order to unlock that for us, it's almost like you have to be able to unlock it for yourself. And and Thank what you, helps yeah. you do that? What? How do you do that for yourself? Well, there's this, the shadow work is the most powerful because it's about making the unconscious conscious and the unconscious forces that are all driving us, you know, that make us addicted to things that make us uh, act out and lash out in ways that are reactive, making that conscious causes that energy to be liberated into acts of good acts for good and it's the unconscious energy is just as powerful as the conscious energy I agree. because you know the yin yang principle of the universe as above so below and so i'm constantly working with my shadow and just asking questions about my desire and the beliefs that come up against that desire and that practice of really relaxing and asking questions about what's happening inside me helps me get really clear. And clarity, I think, for me, helps me to act, you know, to take action, inspired action. So you mentioned the shadow work a lot. And I think just to clarify, so I'm understanding that shadow work is bringing the unconscious into consciousness so that we can realize what's driving our behavior. Is that what you mean by that? Yeah, that's a big part of it. And our aversions, 
like things that we're scared of, things that we're averse to, that we we, we react to, thinking that, like, for instance, uh, I might have not wanted to show up today on this radio show <laughs> because I had this this thought that said, oh, uh, I'm not prepared. I'm like one of those people that always needs to prepare more right, in order to be ready. So the thought that I'm not prepared yet, I could have actually taken seriously yes. and made up some reason and totally rationalized while not looking at the deeper issue, which is, no, I'm just afraid that I'm going to make a mistake and that I'll be rejected. And it actually helps me to not show up on the radio show because then I won't be hurt and rejected. So it's just like digging deep, you know, and <laughs> really playing with why I'm doing the things I'm doing. And then really showing up in more of my power by refusing to be manipulated by fearful thoughts. Well, and sometimes for me, when I catch myself with a story like that, and I go, no, I'm going to write a new story for myself. I'm going to show up and show that, that it can be this way or that way. I can also catch myself showing up in full armor and not being vulnerable. So there's so many layers to this quote unquote shadow work, as you call it. I, I really think it the, the journey into consciousness has many, many levels. And it's, yeah. it's also a possibility to live a bigger life for ourselves. I mean, some days I wake up and I don't feel like doing any of that work. And I just whatever I show up is what it is. And that's fine, too. And other days, I do feel like doing it. So how do you do you stay pretty inspired to live consciously and pursue this for yourself? Yeah, it's where I come from. I come from an inspired place. I think that's where I'm from. And there's this this theme of the rainbow child that I feel I resonate with. And it's just just the very pure intention of my being to light up the world and to inspire others. So it's like I feel exhausted and tired sometimes because I actually judge myself for not showing up the way that I want. And then I'll like, I'll start playing with sleep and, and naps as a way to start healing and actually go into a dream world where I can just really nurture myself instead of actually the, nurture the one who's like judgmental of me. Yeah, that's really good. I've heard it put that to allow ourselves to feel whatever we feel and love that whatever that is that shows up love that and yeah, Matt Kahn's message he really yeah. helped me a lot uh, this last year and I've been listening to every single episode of his because he just he's a master of truth in the most simplest terms and practical terms that you just hear his message and you can immediately apply it and just totally transform everything Yes, I agree. I just posted one of his videos in the Journey of Possibilities community group because I I love him too. He's he's got stuff that you can take and use right now and it's all focused on the bright and the possibility and the joy and the love and the beauty instead of the negative aspects that we've been trying to fix and improve and enhance. If we focus on the positive, we have more of that. Yeah. But the, the the surprising thing that I found him that makes him different is that the shadow work that he does, which is he says that the shadow is the divine as well. The ego is also the divine. And everything that we are averse to is also the divine. So respecting that as much as we yearn for the light actually helps us to step more into the light. Awesome. Yeah. Great messages indeed. Well, tell me how you took the artist that you've cultivated 
into the direction of creating soul art and kind of what soul art means from your point of view? Okay, soul art is this this idea that the part of us that can only be expressed through art is our soul. And that might not make much sense, but think about the way that you talk, the way, the passion that you put in your words. That's art. That's your soul. And it can't be defined with words. It must be expressed. So our uniqueness and what I'm doing now is I'm helping people, like really magical people who feel frustrated and empty because they can't express what they see and feel inside in their web presence, in their marketing material, or in their home decor. And I help them capture their vision and transform it into reality in a way that speaks to their soul and attracts their desires, attracts their audience. I really enjoy the co-creative process with you, not taking anything away from the fact that you are creating the art itself, but the conversations that happen that kind of, I guess, hone in your intuition and unlock the imagery to come forth for you and the colors to come forth for you. You really are a clear vessel to receive and flow through and create what you feel in another. I mean, the process with me, it was just amazing how you picked up on nuances of, of who I am at an essence that I couldn't have articulated. So what is that like for you as you meet someone and start talking to them? Do you just get images in your head or how does that come through? Thank you so much. Yeah, I I have a introverted intuition. It's a cognitive function of the brain that you can, that can be explained scientifically is that where I'm actually, I can see myself in your perspective and I just get these visions and feelings of what it's like to be you. And I just pick it up. It's just how I work. So I'll be walking in a shopping center and I'll see someone with a really unique style and I'll totally get flashes of insight about who that person is and I'll actually be seeing myself as them. And then I'll approach them and test it out. I will tell them, hey, this is what I'm getting from you. And then I'll make an assumption, you know, you must be, you must be really imaginative. And they'll go, yeah, I am imaginative. And that's just, it confirms what I'm feeling. And then we can start the conversation. So the art that you create, are you mostly guided to people who are other rainbow children or people here to bring light? Or are you of the belief that we all are? Or how does that work? Because you do call it soul art. So who are you drawn to? Yeah, I like to work with spiritual entrepreneurs because, and I, I, I like to work with magical people. I think that's a good word to use because they're, they know they can't hide the fact that they're different anymore. They can't hide like witches, you know, they can't hide that they're a witch and they've been burned at the stake in the past, but they can't, they can no longer hide it. And it's actually, they're a force for good because they show us alien realms that allow us to be more comfortable with the unknown. And so I like those kind of people. I like those kind of people who have started their business and are ready to show up more because, for one, they're successful enough to where they can afford a piece of art, but also they're not floundering in trying to figure out what they're about. And that just complements and speeds up the process to create art that really complements them. 
it's interesting that you talk about witches being burned at the stake and other experiences like that, because most of us, I believe anyway, I have a story that many of us who are incarnated right now have been here before, and we wanted, we got to be here now for a time when we could come out, if you will, in the truth of who we are and have that be received positively instead of some of the negative experiences that have happened to us before. So it's a very healing time to be here. And your artwork, for me, reaffirmed who I am in a way that seemed to strengthen me so that I felt safer, if you will, to be who I am and know that it's okay now. I think that's very medicinal for some people who really long for that in their soul. Thank you so much. I'm glad you got that. And it's a good point that we're in a time that's more accepting of differences. However, as we show up to our power, you'll notice that you come up against a lot of people's disbeliefs still. And so it's just enough. We're in a time where it's just enough. We have just enough support to be who we are to do the work that's so needed to be done. And the the art is a, it's a form of visual healing, like you said, that actually, it captures your intention and, and feeds back to you on autopilot. So it's just that much more easier do you feel that it's easier, I mean, to like in meditation to contemplate on your true intention of who you really are when you look at the artwork? I'm glad you asked that. I haven't done that meditation with it, but I will now. What I have done is sit with it and ask to receive what it is that I give other people because sometimes the very thing that we're hungry for is the thing that we don't get third person that we give to others. And so <laughs> it's learning to give it to ourselves, but also through that artwork, it was, it, it creates like a loop. It feeds it back to me. It feeds myself back to me so that I can really stand in the possibility that I bring to others and see possibilities that I don't see and so on. If that makes sense. Oh my God. Yeah. So this, this feedback loop, it's, it's beautiful to look at. But also, it expresses the uniqueness of who you are. You're not struggling to find it. It just helps you click back into it. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And just kind of like play in that realm where, you know, you're asking yourself, what do I love? Who do I love? What must I be doing in order to really enjoy working with my people? You know, it's just, it goes back to your preferences, which are part of the soul. Your preferences are part of your personality the gifts that you're given to share with the world. When you create soul art for someone, these are the questions that they can sit with, with their artwork to get greater clarity for themselves. Absolutely. And we actually, you know, sit down with a cup of coffee and just explore the ideas about who they are. And I'll sketch them ideas and then send them these sketches or share these sketches with them to where they can confirm. And then we can actually make their vision a reality through their graphic design on their website, to music on their videos, because I'm also a composer, and, you know, f works of fine art for their home so that they have something for their altar or they just have art that really reflects who they are in their home. Well, let's expand on that a little bit. So I was going to say, what formats of artwork can you provide for someone? I know that I've had a digital picture made that can I can then also 
have created as an oil. You mentioned <laughs> yeah. you mentioned CDs, you See, mentioned music. So please expand for us on what all you do. Yeah, th- this is the rainbow child aspect because as I grew up, uh, the dynamic of nature really spoke to me, and how just like the complete infinite nature of 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 nature. And I felt it really resonated with me because as I got older, I found myself learning all these skills of art and I could master them really quickly. And I found that I just kept learning new skills and not feeling inhibited when I picked up these new skills. So now I'm incorporating music, oil painting, graphic design, illustration, animation. I actually have a degree in animation so that I can express all of these amazing gifts of art that I feel so excited to do to help someone where they wherever they need help. Is that did I answer your question or It does. You know, so can you tell me a little bit about some of the projects you've been working on lately? Yeah, well the project I'm I'm really connecting with people, my soul family about the pains that they're experiencing around not having art that really reflects their unique style. And so Getting clear on that, I am able to market to them more effectively. And I'm also working on a painting called Flight in the Garden of Purity that people can download as a print or they can just use as a wallpaper on their computer. And yeah, so I'm just having a lot of fun connecting with people to see how I can serve them better. So where can we find Flight in the Garden of Purity? That's what you said the name of it is? Yeah, uh, that should be completed within a week or so and i'll have that posted on my facebook okay great. uh jonathan bryce lyman and it's actually a, a kind of avian alien bird type species that's flying in this very lit white garden of rocks and it symbolizes karma that we've accumulated over the years of our, our past lives that has crystallized in the rocks and you see the person flying above these rocks and looking down on the karma from a bird's eye view so that they can learn from the karma and just take flight into mastery so that the karma no longer inhibits them, but it actually helps them. Very and that's cool. what the, art, the artwork's about. It's a digital piece. I love that. Sounds I love like a, that you love that. <laughs> sounds like a great screensaver. Oh, I have a thing about birds anyway. I don't know if you've heard of the book Return of the Bird Tribes or any of that, but I definitely have a deep connection to birds. Nice. Yeah, you, should, you told me about that. They evoke envy in us and wanting to be free and see things from a higher perspective and just to be free to fly wherever we want to go. Definitely. So you mentioned a deep connection to nature. Is there any particular animals that you feel drawn to or aspects of nature that you find restore you that rejuvenate you yeah in a weird way because i'm still really attracted to this shadow work i am really attracted to the animals that i'm afraid of like like the giant japanese hornet or sharks and i'm really getting into just the complete terror (laughs) that they evoke (laughs) and really being able to relax in it and love the one who's afraid and really respect that energy. Uh, but I'm also, I really love butterflies and the fishies and, <laughs> you know, that, that rainbow aspect in me. I love everything. Yeah. I just see so much beauty and emotion through any experience. 
Where do you see this going? Do you get glimpses into the future or are you just really focused on the present moment and the future will come when it comes? <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, well, because of this introverted intuition, I talked to you about, about like being in people's perspectives. I'm actually extremely future oriented. And so I find myself clenching to, to work harder to get somewhere to achieve. And so I actually have Eckhart Tolle's book on my shelf as a reminder to really drop in. So that actually, it makes these future visions even more vivid, actually, because I'm more relaxed and just enjoy the journey to get to there. Yeah. But I have this dream. I have a dream <laughs> to expand my, my soul art business where I'm actually working with lots of soulful designers and artists that can help me help people with their online presence or their marketing material, as well as beautifying the city. So I have this dream about creating more soulful space within the urban environment where nature and cities are living together in harmony. And so I dream of this, you know, this huge workshop where people are creating and using art to amplify who we are. And I, I dream of building a skyscraper where it's like a mini city of this community working together through urban gardening and art and all walks of life as a way to create harmony in the world. I like your vision. That's awesome. I also just realized that you're probably going to do the cover for my book because I definitely feel like the city girl from the big city in, in Texas that went to the jungle and found a different kind of jungle than the city. And now I'm trying to harmonize the two, which is exactly what you've kind of been describing about how to bring the nature into the city and 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 kind of blend the worlds. And so, yeah, I think you'd probably create a pretty cool cover for the book I'm going to write. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, there's there's also this new movement called biomimicry. Have you heard of that? No, tell me about it. So there's this website called Ask Nature. And you can basically, it's a search engine where you can, you put in any question about how does nature do that into the search bar and it answers you. So for instance, there are these scientists working on biomimicry design and learning how we can integrate nature into our way of life to create solutions instead of doing it, you know, really, how do you say, artificially. Yes. So um, there's this beetle in the desert that lifts its butt into the wind uh, towards the ocean and there's no, there's no rain. So it, what it does is it collects the dew from the morning and this dew slides down its wings into its mouth. And that's just a really simple way of looking at how nature thrives in challenges, you know. So looking to nature to solve our challenges instead of trying to figure it all out by ourselves with the rational mind. I love that. I really think that we used to do that a lot more than we do it now. You know, when, when I have conversations with people about pharmaceuticals and chemicals versus nature's medicine. I can see, you know, Mario and I talk about this a lot. I can see how 
they've created pharmaceuticals based on what plants do to us. They can make a synthetic that can do it for us without having to go get the plants. And then, and just gradually through that process, we've lost touch with plants as medicine or, I mean, that was just one rough example, but I, I love that. I, I would really enjoy seeing us move more toward natural solutions to a lot of our problems and, and thinking like nature. That's really a neat idea. Thanks for introducing me to that biomimicry. Yeah, it's a really interesting movement. Forgot the woman who founded this website called Ask Nature, but it's very fascinating. And hopefully that kind of complements what you're working on yes. in your book. Yes, definitely. Just in general, how we can get back to the nature that we come from. And and for some of us, I mean, you know, I grew up in the city. I grew up in Western medicine, going to Western doctors. Religion happened in a church building, and it had to have a label on it. And just as I'm breaking down yeah. some of those barriers and coming back to the more organic truths, I, I love hearing about websites like this and, and anything that I can bring light to to say, hey, you know, you're not alone if you're trying to break down the barriers and figure out the truth of behind all of this. There is help for that. Yeah. We have a lot of momentum in our community now, but also it's, it's really fascinating. How do we deal with the scientific community or the corporate community that is actually directly uh, opposed to biomimicry? The, the ones who are just interested in money who are making drugs to treat instead of actually cure. So how do you convince these people that it's actually in their highest good to help and to be compassionate and that that actually is a greater payoff, something I'm fascinated by, too. Yeah, I kind of feel like that is kind of on parallel with how do we get a government that's more aligned with the same thing. And it seems to me like it's all driven by the consumer, by the individual. As much as we may feel helpless in that, we're actually in control of all of that, because as we demand more natural solutions, you know, and, and we get active and we vote and we raise our voice and say, I want this and I want that. We can create what we want, but I think we've just kind of been sleepwalking for a while. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So we don't need to, we don't need to, to start a war with the people that disagree with us. We can just come together and the force of a small group of people is more powerful than we can imagine. Yes. Or even the one, you know, I really, my favorite quote is Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. And I believe that wholeheartedly, that as much as we want to go out and teach and tell, once <laughs> we actually be that for ourselves, that radiates such a strong message out. I'm sure you've met somebody that literally stopped you in your tracks and you went, wow, what a powerful individual. That person's standing in a possibility I want for myself. I mean, you do that with your art. I hope we all do more of that and and can be that for one another so that we can evoke that in the world. Thank you for being that. <laughs> Thank you. Didn't mean to go off on a tirade there. I guess that needed to come out. <laughs> well, this radio show is the ultimate tirade, isn't it? It is. It's fun, isn't it? <laughs> and I'm like so abstract and like I actually have this judgment that I'm not a very good storyteller because I'll start getting really woo-woo. And it's like, whoa, you need to bring it down to specific examples for me, buddy. <laughs> You've just described what we're all trying to balance. Once we realize there's something called consciousness and we start 
seeing where that can go and exploring those possibilities. Then we want to come back and bring it to science and find the balance. And that is the journey of possibilities. And I love it. I think it's a fun journey and it's, it's best when shared. So thank you for coming on here and sharing that with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Okay. So we've got your Facebook page. Any events? Are you even conceptualizing any events for yourself in the future? Yeah, I think there's this community where people can come called Creating Heaven on Earth Facebook group where they can come and express what they might, what they're excited about in their business and or what pain they might be experiencing because they, they feel empty or frustrated with the lack of art they need to express their ideas. And we can bring artists together and these people together and actually collaborate and create solutions together. So that is a kind of event, but more, mostly I'm just building my persona and getting clear on what people need so that I can create events. So I'm in the baby stages right now. Oh, and you're doing such fabulous work right there. You know, it's funny. I had a coach tell me to build the plane while I fly it. And I think we're all doing that. And we think, well, whenever I get all this figured out, I'm really going to be amazing. And we already are. We're already doing it. You know, there isn't a somewhere we need to get to. We're doing it as we go along. So uh, thank you for all that you're doing. I like to wrap my show by asking guests if they have a parting thought that they would like to leave the listener with today. So I pose that question to you. Parting thought, ponder this, you're not who you think you are, you're something far vaster and stranger, and the journey of finding that out is where your magic lies. Vaster and stranger, perfect, I love it. (laughs) And you find this out when you do hallucinogens, I'm sure, you're like, wow, I'm not who I think I am. Yeah, there is some of that. Definitely more of that coming in the jungle, I'm sure in October when I go back down for another ayahuasca ceremony. But yes, yes. Or even, you know, meditations. I'm sure you've seen that just in a meditation. Holy cow, this is I'm just the tip of the iceberg of who I am, right? Yes. Meditation (laughs) is even in its transcendental meditation technique. When you're, you're relaxed enough to quiet the mind, you open up more of the channel for the universe to speak through you. And you get insights to questions and whatever you thought about the answer, it transforms your belief. This can happen on a more deeper and vaster level than we can ever imagine. And it's going to happen the more that we come together and share our truth. Thank you for sharing your truth, for being a leader in bringing people together and helping us to unlock and expand into more of ourselves for all the beautiful art that you are bringing into the world. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Mario. Would you like to be a guest on Exploring Possibilities? Drop me a note at info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.